just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to yet another Rational Boomer Podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, a lot of stuff happening in news. But before we do that, I want to play this question I got from Abby. Hi, Mike. Um, so I'm listening to what you're saying, and you have really good points, and I agree with you and everything you're saying. But I just wanted to interject and say that my thoughts are cops are so brazen these days is because um like you said they feel like they can get away with it for me my memory goes all the way back to the rodney king um situation where all those cops were beating up on this man whether or not he was guilty whether or not he was resisting or regardless of the reason why they stopped him you know uh they were not judge and jury and executioner and yet he didn't die in that situation but um, he was disabled after that event and they all got off scot-free. And I feel like cops these days really believe that the shield protects them even from breaking the law. Well, Abby, thanks for the question. And you make a good point. And a lot of people have talked about this. I thought about this myself. She, of course, is talking about the Rodney King situation many years ago where cops beat the hell out of Rodney King uh, it was videotaped. They went to court. They were all exonerated. And I'll agree, that was a horrific situation, complete injustice. And I understand how you want to try to compare to what's going on today. Well, we won, We have one huge difference. We had that back in the day in the 90s. And now we have Derek Chauvin, who was in fact convicted. But I understand your point. These cops are getting away with things. I mean, even back then when they were on video showing that they were beating the hell out of Rodney King, they still got away. But there's some decided differences between then and now. First of all, it was in California. Los Angeles police are known for a lot of corruptness. And obviously the uh, Justice Department there has uh, gone along with them for years and years and years. Secondly, Rodney King wasn't killed. I'll grant you, he was injured. He was disabled after that. But people back then would look at it, well, you know, he's a bad guy. He deserved what he got. That was the attitude. But you have to understand the climate is different now. The climate is totally different. Uh, there's a lot of progress that have been made since that time. Not enough, but some progress. There's more um, upfrontness about this situation. We're seeing more and more videos. And I think that video was one of the first you saw of its kind. But when you see these videos over and over and over again, it starts to take its toll and it starts to cause people to question what in fact is going on. I'll agree with you. What happened with Rodney King and what happened with those police officers, not fair at all. It's appalling. And it's even frightening. After seeing that back then, I thought, well, what can't these guys do? Later, we come to find out there's nothing they can't do. And they do it every day. 
They got this qualified immunity. They can always phony something up, and if they don't have videos, they can lie whatever way they want. They're even trying to do that today. But again, the climate is a little bit different. People are a little less willing to accept these things. You got Black Lives Matter now who's putting these things in people's faces, and that's important. I mean, anytime you have a situation where there is some harm going on or some injustice, the more you can put it in front of people's faces, the people with decent hearts and souls will kick back about it. It's unfortunate it's taken as long as it has since Rodney King, but at least something's happening a little bit. Now, the Derek Chauvin case doesn't fix all all the things that went on in the past. It doesn't even guarantee us that it's going to be fixed in the future because we're still seeing cop killings after Chauvin is convicted. But at least it shines a light on it. At least it's a start. And if the right people fight for this, we will get the change. The qualified immunity is a bunch of bullshit. Under no circumstances is anybody above the law, including the police, And that means they don't get to do whatever the hell they want to whoever the hell they want. We had a long way to go back when Rodney King got beat up. We still have a long way to go. But at least we're making a little progress. I don't want anybody to get excited about it because it's not enough. Again, thanks very much, Abby, for the question. Well, there's a lot of things happening in the country, a lot of things to talk about. Of course, we know about Rudy Giuliani's apartment and business being raided by federal investigators. You had to know this was coming because of all the shit that Rudy Giuliani has been involved in since Donald Trump was president. Now, the funny thing is, there's always a bunch of naysayers. When they raided Rudy Giuliani's apartment and business, there were people out there saying, oh, he had time to get rid of it. They'll never find anything. Well, as I've said in the TikToks, and I'll say here now, first of all, the federal investigators could have never gotten in and done the raid to a lawyer, no less a former president's lawyer, unless they already had some evidence. They're more than likely looking for corroboration or other evidence that might show up in some of his electronics. Now, Rudy is like 100 years old. And we know, yeah, maybe he deleted stuff off his phone or his computers or all that kind of stuff. But what Rudy probably doesn't know, and what apparently a lot of people don't know, you can never permanently erase something from an electronic. FBI's got some electronic forensic people that can pull shit out of something that's been wiped. So if you think Rudy Giuliani is going to hide something from these people because it took so long for them to raid his places of work and apartment, I think you might be underestimating what the DOJ can do. But if that's not enough for you, if you're still concerned about that, in fact, I got one person who said, yeah, he probably shredded anything. Dude, what are you in the 70s? Nobody keeps anything in paperwork for the most part. He wasn't shredding anything. It's all electronic. And that's where the problem arises. Because everything that's electronic, you can find something. There's always a trail, and you can always get to it. And the proof's in the pudding. Today, Rudy Giuliani said uh, that the DOJ 
got inside his iCloud in 2019. Well, did he have a chance to hide it back then, especially when he knew it wasn't coming, especially when it was still the Trump administration and he thought he was bulletproof? Yeah, I don't think so. But the funny thing is, uh, these people were investigating Rudy Giuliani in 2019 under the Trump administration. Now, wasn't Rudy Trump's buddy? Wasn't Rudy Trump's lawyer? Funny. Apparently, the FBI had uh, identified Rudy Giuliani as a target for the Russians. Now, that doesn't mean he's a Russian agent, but that means the Russians think he could be, and they were pushing hard to do it. Now, we know from what we've seen from Rudy as of late that uh, this idiot will do anything for money, and uh, he is certainly a risk to be a Russian agent. Now, like Donald Trump, people say he's a Russian agent. I don't honestly think that Trump or Giuliani are Russian agents, per se, but they are Russian dupes. These aren't smart people. They are impressed by flattery. They love getting money, and they love trying to get something over on somebody else. So it wouldn't be hard for a trained KGB agent or somebody else in the Russian government to dupe these clowns, to get information, to get access, just because they were being nice to them, being flattering, and giving them some money. That's where the real problem arises. It's not like Trump or Giuliani was a secret agent. Neither, neither of them have the intelligence to accomplish that, and the Russians know that. But they know they can use these clowns to their advantage if they just do a, simple, a couple simple things. And again, flattery money, influence of gifts, or that sort of thing. Now, that's the kind of things they're going to find when they investigate Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump, for that matter. Don't you forget, they are investigating Donald Trump. And, and honestly, I think they're going after Rudy Giuliani mainly to get to Trump. That's the big fish, and that's what the DOG, DOJ normally does. They go after the small fish at first, see what they can find, then they try to flip them. Now, people will say, oh, Rudy would never flip on Donald Trump. Bullshit. Bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Remember how Trump refused to pay him money? This clown won a $20,000 a day, but then... At a certain point, Trump refused to pay him anymore. You think, uh, you think Giuliani's happy about that? Trump also kicked him to the curb a number of times. And do you remember when Rudy was being interviewed on television? This is about some other situation back several months. But they said, are you afraid that Donald Trump will throw you under the bus? And he said, no, I, I don't think he'll do that. But if he does, I have insurance. Well, what the hell does that mean? That means he's got some dirt on Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump screws him, he will expose that dirt. That's his leverage over Donald Trump. Now, whether Donald Trump will, will be affected by that or not, be smart enough to deal with Rudy on this situation, I don't know. But actually, Donald Trump really can't do much for Rudy. Rudy did ask for a pardon before Trump left, but he didn't give it to him. He didn't give it to a lot of people, and that was surprising. 
probably worried about his legacy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Rudy is going to be investigated. He's probably going to be indicted. In fact, I heard some people talking, some former DOJ people saying, if it's got this far and from what I've seen, they already have enough to indict Rudy Giuliani. So when he gets indicted, what's he going to do? He's like a 76-year-old man. He had a reputation at one time, not so much anymore. He's lived the good life. He's had money. He's had all the comforts of being rich. You think he's going to want to go to jail? Do you think if they offer him an opportunity to not go to jail or go to jail for a short time by exposing Donald Trump, you think he's not going to do that? You're crazy. Donald Trump doesn't have any more power. He can't really do anything for Rudy Giuliani anymore. So he's going to flip. He's going to turn on Donald Trump and throw him under the bus. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, I don't know if you know this story, but remember when John Gotti was on trial? And this is appropriate because what we're talking about is essentially organized crime. Now, John Gotti was on trial, and so was his second, Sammy the Bull Gravano. Now, Sammy was very, very loyal to John Gotti until... It looked like John Gotti was going to try to pull, uh, blame Sammy the Bull Gravano for everything. Well, Sammy said, fuck that. I'm not going to let him do that. It's not all me. So then Sammy flips, which people in the mafia don't typically do. They do more now, but they didn't then. So he flips. John Gotti gets nailed. He gets a little lighter sentence. You think that's not going to happen with Giuliani or anybody else that can testify against Donald Trump? Donald Trump's not president anymore. He doesn't have any power. People say he has a lot of money. Well, does he? I question that. Now, he keeps collecting money from Trump supporters. He's essentially duping these people into paying him money on the hopes he might run in 2024. He's not. He's going to be too tied up in all this other bullshit, maybe indicted, maybe in jail, probably not. I don't think they'll put him in jail, but I think they will destroy him. He will be worth nothing to anybody, and he will be cast aside like everybody else is when they lose their money and power. This will be a long process. I know everybody seems to think that, oh, we're going to get this done in one day. doesn't happen like that. Justice doesn't work that way. It will take some time, and you have to be patient. But trust, they're going to get to the bottom of this, and then they are going to tear his ass apart. So let's talk about Matt Gates. This is a fun one. I hate that son of a bitch. He is such an arrogant and not very bright young man, but fortunately, Daddy has a lot of money, helped him buy a seat in Congress, helped him get out of all kinds of trouble. But he's in the kind of trouble right now that uh, I don't think Daddy can even help. You see, there's an investigation, of course, about him being involved in sex trafficking and also him having sex and paying and moving across state lines a woman who is 17 years old which is highly illegal, which calls for a lot of jail time. Now, of course, he's saying, oh, it's all hoax that didn't do it. We're going to do this. And he's very proud and loud, and he's arguing because he thinks he has a hope. 
Well, the fact of the matter is he has no hope. Again, the DOJ probably has all kinds of evidence against him. But if that weren't enough, what came out just the other day was essentially a confession letter from his best buddy, his bro, Joel Greenberg. Now, Joel Greenberg is this tax collector, they call him, in Florida, and he's got all kinds of problems, embezzlement, sex trafficking, all kinds of crazy. He's got like 30 counts against him, and this dude is going to go to jail for a long time. So when Donald Trump was about to leave office, he's getting nervous. He figures he's got a connection with Matt Gates, and he decides he's going to ask Donald Trump for a pardon. Now, of course, Joel Green doesn't have direct access to uh, Donald Trump, and we know Matt Gates did go in and uh, try to talk to Donald Trump about pardons, but nothing worked. So then Joel Greenberg decides that he's going to try to get his pardon by going through Roger Stone. Yeah, Roger Stone, the guy who had been convicted, been in jail, then he got pardoned, all that other shit. But they were going through Roger Stone because apparently Roger Stone, in spite of all his crimes, is still closely connected to Donald Trump. Interesting, don't you think? So anyway, Joel Greenberg goes to Roger Stone in hopes of him going to Donald Trump and getting Joel Greenberg a pardon. And interestingly enough, this was all sent in texts, I think, maybe emails. And somebody mined this, essentially a confession letter from Joel Greenberg to Roger Stone. And I'll read it for you here. On more than one occasion, this individual was involved in sexual activities with several of the other girls. The congressman from Florida's 1st Congressional District, Matt Gates. And myself, Greenberg wrote in the letter in reference to the minor, or to the minor according to the Daily Beast, from time to time, gas money or gifts, rent or partial tuition payments were made to several of these girls, including the individual who was not 18. I did see the acts occur firsthand, and Venmo transactions, Cash App, or other payments were made to these girls on behalf of of the congressman. So you see, Joel Greenberg is looking for a pardon for himself, but he knows he's essentially nobody to Donald Trump. So he figures if he throws Matt Gates in the mix, maybe he can get them both a pardon, or at least just himself. Because you see, what he's suggesting there is, give me a pardon, I won't bring this shit up about Matt Gates. A little bit of coercion there. Well, somehow... Roger Stone never got him a pardon. And somehow the Daily Beast got a hold of this confession letter. And this spells all kinds of trouble for Matt Gates. He's got the investigation going on. And now here's a confession letter from a witness that says he did have sex with these women. And he did pay them. And he saw it on cash apps. Maddie, 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 you got some trouble coming your way. It's not going to go well for Matt Gates. 
all the money in the world, all the influence, all the boisterous behavior, the spouting, the yelling, the screaming, the rhetoric, it's just not going to work for him. This is too much going against him. If you think Matt Gates, and maybe he represents you, if you think that he is going to get away with this, no, you're sadly mistaken. In fact, I think that he'll be made a, an example in this case. Because sex trafficking is a huge problem. And when a sitting congressman is involved in it, that can't help but blow up. That can't help but blow up and cause some immense problems. Now, the interesting thing is that apparently Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are still talking loud and proud and planning a tour across America to promote themselves and the radical right Republicans. Yeah, they're going to call it the American First, America First Tour. It's going to be Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I find this interesting. <laughs> the Republicans are all about throwing Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene as the face of the party. But who are we looking as the face of the Republican Party? Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that's the face of your party. Matt Gates is going to be indicted for child sex trafficking. Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be found out to be a big part of this insurrection. And not to mention that, the fact that she's been taken off every committee assignment she has. She's basically the work we're, uh, she's basically the weakest congressman in the whole house because she can't do anything but that is the face of the republican party and why well the radical right and donald trump have pretty much co-opted the republican party now there are people that are normal in the republican party your standard conservatives but Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene say they're going after those people. They don't like those people because they don't have the audacity to believe the crazy bullshit that these people are spewing. So they're the enemy. So now they're going to separate out this Republican Party and get rid of the rhinos. But they're also going after the radical left, which I don't understand is because the radical left isn't going to come to these events. And there isn't going to be enough people to stir up to go against the left, whether they be radical or just moderates. So you have to wonder why the Republicans support Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene so much. I mean, they're the worst of the worst. These people might even be in jail by 2022. But why... Are they the face of the Republican Party? Well, it's one simple reason. That simple reason is that Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and some of these other crazy QAnon sons of bitches, these people are the ones collecting the most in donations. I think one month Marjorie Taylor Greene got $3 million or something like that. The worst of the worst is getting $3 million. And why? Because the dumb, the ridiculous, the radical right are supporting anything that's against Democrats, anything that's 
against normality in our government. So they're supporting these people. These are cult members supporting these people. They are making the most money. And the Republicans, instead of worrying about what's right, what's good, what's good for the future of this country, they like these people because they make the most money. And that's the basis of the Republican Party. Wherever the most money is, that's where they're going to go. Even if it's detrimental to this country, even if it undermines democracy, they don't care. As long as they're getting that money and hopefully some votes. But unfortunately, the tide has changed here a bit. We've got Joe Biden in office as president. He's having a different take to this whole concept of America than what the Republicans have shoved down our throat for nearly, I don't know, 40 years. I talked about this on one of the TikToks. It's the trickle-down theory. This is something that was designed back in the Reagan days. Now, I have to own up to this. Ronald Reagan was my first presidential vote. I voted for Reagan only because times were kind of rough and uh, high gas prices and taxes and all this sort of stuff. I figured we needed to change. I had no idea what I was getting into with Reagan because I was 20 years old and I was an idiot. That said, things did get better economically when Reagan got in, but there was a lot of bad things too. And I'm not going to talk about Reagan here. But the Republicans have always dealt with this trickle-down theory. And that theory, of course, is you give the money to the rich, they'll spend it properly. It'll trickle down as far as jobs and higher wages and benefits and all that sort of stuff. But in all those 40 years, it never worked. Never once worked. But the Republicans keep shoving it down their throat. And why? Because they want to generate money to give back money to the rich and the powerful. So they, in turn, (laughs) give the Republicans money so they can win more seats. Again, it always goes back to money. Not the good of the country. Not the good of the people. Not to help the people that are pretty much shouldering the whole burden in this country. They don't give a shit about that. They want the rich to get more money, so the rich give them more money. It's as simple as that, and if you don't believe it, just look. Just look at what's happened over the 40 years since this trickle-down theory. Well, Joe Biden's turned that on its head. He said, no, we should tax the rich. I mean, 50 top corporations paid no federal tax at all. You know how much money that is? Now, they don't have to have high taxes, but they should pay something. Don't we all agree on that? And if they paid something, that would give us more money to help the middle class. And since the middle class shoulders the burden of most of the taxes paid in this country, doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it make sense that they would get some benefits, some return on investment? But that's never been the case as long as the Republicans have been able to shove this down people's throat. And let me be honest, Democrats have bought into it, too, up until now. That's why I always say, I don't like Republicans, so I'm voting Democrat. But I'm not so sold on what I've seen from Democrats over the years. It's time Americans get taken care of and treated like they should be treated. Now, Joe Biden comes in. He turns this all on a head. He says 
Let's take from the rich, give to the middle class. And financially, that makes sense. If you've got a group of people or an organization that is generating a lot of money, like the middle class is for the United States of America, if you've got those people, it makes more sense to invest in them so they can do more, be able to reap more taxes from the people who pay the most taxes. And that which, that's what Joe Biden is doing. The problem with it is all these rich people that fund all these elections are going to be pissed. And apparently Joe Biden doesn't give a shit because I think Joe Biden isn't probably going to run in four years. But even if he does, he shouldn't have to worry because we're at that breaking point, you see. They've told us, oh, the trickle-down theory is the only thing that's good. If we do it the other way, everything will crash. Well, it's not crashing. Joe Biden is doing what he wants to do by getting money back to the people. And if this works out well and we prosper and the country benefits from this, well, the Republicans are fucked. How are they going to explain that? They're going to say, no, we should go back to sending all the money to the rich. No, because we're all better off. We're flourishing. We're creating more taxes that go back into the country. That's good for the country. If for 40 years what you're doing didn't work, it only makes sense, uh, let's change this up. So that's what Joe Biden is doing. And I'm excited about it. There are still people say, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to spend a lot of money. You don't want to make the uh, deficit bigger. You know, it's funny. The Republicans didn't give a shit about the deficit or the uh, debt when Trump was in office. I mean, they raised... The, the debt by like 70%. They sent billions to defense, trillions to the rich. Nobody complained. Nobody said a word. Hell, they wanted to do a infrastructure deal for $2 trillion. And they said, oh, that's bold. That's strong. And yeah, we need to do that. But yet now when Biden says, hey, let's do $2 trillion for infrastructure, Oh, no, that's too much. We can't spend that much money. Yeah, we can, because the money's there. The money's in the hands of the people that don't pay taxes who have the most money. And that's what Joe Biden sees. I get people who want to debate me on this, and I would love to debate somebody on this. You got 40-year track record of a concept that never, ever worked. It made things worse for the middle class. It diminished the middle class. Now, you want to argue with me that this new idea is worse than that. I doubt it. In fact, I know it's not. Look at Wall Street today. Look at people's attitudes today just after that stimulus plan. Just that did wonders in this country. So it only makes sense we do an infrastructure thing, not only get more money into the system, but we get more jobs, give people more opportunity to make more money, which in turn creates more taxes for the government. What's the fucking problem here? How hard is this to figure out? It's not. But the Republicans don't want you to know that because then it takes away from their whole plan. Give the money to the rich. The rich gives money to them. And we just keep it going. We keep bilking the United States of America and get as much money as we can out of it. This is a pretty obvious situation. Still, there are people that will side with that concept, the Republicans, and kick back about what Biden's trying to do. 
And I know Biden is trying very hard to be bipartisan, but I've talked about that before. Bipartisanism doesn't really exist. We sit and go in negotiations for the stimulus with the Republicans. They tell us, oh, take this off, take this off, take this off. And they do. The Democrats do. And then no Republican votes for it. Why the fuck do we negotiate with them if we're not getting anything out of it in the end? That's the whole point of negotiations. You give, I give, we come to a compromise, everybody's happy. But in the situation with the stimulus and previous other bills, we give, meaning the Democrats, the Republicans demand, and in the end, you would hope to get a vote to create this bipartisanism. But they don't vote for it. They ignore it. They take from you and then give you nothing back. So if you're suggesting to me there is some kind of bipartisanism, maybe the Democrats would like it, but the Republicans don't believe in it and they don't do it. So learn a lesson. If they don't want to be bipartisan, then fuck it. Shove it down their throat. Make them do what you want to do, just like they did to you for 12 years previous. Hopefully America's waking up, and hopefully our government is at that point where it will change. I think if anybody can do it, it will be Joe Biden. Now, when Joe Biden ran for president, I thought to myself, well, he's not my favorite. He's, he's not the guy I would pick to be president. He's too old. Uh, he's not really a firebrand. Uh, but it turns out that Joe Biden may be just the right guy at just the right time. He doesn't have to worry about a future career and what he, who he's going to piss off and if he's going to get reelected. He doesn't have to do that. So now he can focus on strictly helping and fixing this country. And that's what he's doing. He doesn't care if it pisses off a bunch of people. He understands there's no bipartisanism, but he's offering it to make it look good. And ultimately, he's going to shove it down their throat. Now, the Republicans are smart and uh, devious, but don't you ever think the Democrats aren't either? I mean, they're more passive than the Republicans, but they're devious too. And they see a potential kill here with the Republicans, and they're going after it. And don't be surprised if they do some things that aren't typically known for the Democrats to do. Because if they're going to do that, now is the time. Come 2022, I honestly believe the Republicans are going to take a huge dump because there's going to be so many things that go badly in the next two years. They're going to be hard-pressed. What we need to do, or the Democrats to do, is widen that margin in the Senate. We need to neutralize the people like uh, um, Manchin. Now, here's Manchin from West Virginia representing a small group of people dictating on what we can and can't do. That's absolute bullshit, but that's the law. So what we need to do is get more Senate senators in a wider margin where he doesn't matter. He can do what he wants. I don't want a guy who represents a small part of this country deciding what this entire country can and will do. That's ridiculous. So we need to widen that margin. We need to push hard and make sure we get more Democratic senators in the Senate. So we don't have to count on that one vote from Manchin or Cinema, that clown. I, I don't even get her. When I saw her come on the floor when she was first elected, I watched her. She was like in a red dress and this 
bleach blonde wig and stuff. I thought, what, 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 what is this? A Marilyn Monroe impersonator on Congress floor? <laughs> it was pretty silly. But that's what we have to deal with now. They're kind of the tipping point. So we have to deal with them. We have to give them something in order to vote how they should vote anyway as Democrats. We need to take that away from them. These people representing these small, this small of groups of people should not have ultimate control over what happens in America. Because what happens in America is bigger and more important than, than what happens in one small community. So we got a lot of things going on here. A lot of activity. And I'll be honest with you, I'm glad to see it. Because during the 12 years Republicans were in control, I'm talking the last half of, of uh, Obama and the four years of Donald Trump, nothing has happened. Four or 500 bills sitting on the desk of Mitch McConnell don't even get put up for a vote. See, that's what the Republicans want to do. They want everything to be stagnant, nothing happening. The only money going out is to the rich. That's what they want. And that's what they've done. This pandemic and some of the other issues have changed things because now it's gotten so bad they have to do something. And Americans are all for what Biden is talking about. The only bipartisanism we have in this country is with the voters. Republicans don't want to vote for a lot of things that their own people support. How is that a decent representation? It's not. It's not a good representation for this country. That's not how it should be. And if they continue to not represent your best interest, you need to vote them out. Get another Republican in there. Fine, if you want. But he better or she better be somebody who actually represents what you want. Even if it goes against the standard, um, standard concerns of the Republican Party, because we know the Republican Party is screwed. They're, in fact, starting to split, which is going to hurt them even more in 2022. You've got the radical right, the crazies, the nuts, but you still got the standard Washington, D.C. conservatives. They don't know what to do with this shit. But now they're losing a bunch of uh, power by people branching off into their own fucking crazy world. So the Republicans are in trouble. They think they're going to come back in 2022. They got a lot of problems to fix before they can even think about that. And I don't know that they have the ability to do that. As long as they go with the attitude, oh, whoever gets the most money, we're going with them. That won't work because half those people are going to fucking jail. Anyway, I want to thank you for joining me on the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe and uh, get other folks to subscribe. And again, as I've said, it's not about power. It's not about fame. It's not about money for me. I'm comfortable. What it is about getting people of a like mind together, because when you do that, then you can wield some power. If a show like this had millions of people listening to it, and I'm not under no delusion that will happen, but if it were, think of the power that could be wielded to benefit the demographic that listens to this show. We as uh, boomers and Gen Xers are the old people. We're getting pushed out. But we have a lot of power. We have a lot of numbers. And we should have a say in this. We may not all agree on Republican or Democrat or political things. 
But there are some things in this country that are needed, especially for people of our generation. If we come together and if we use that power, it can do some good, not only for us, but for the millennials and the younger people that who will ultimately be us. They don't realize it yet, but this shit comes quickly. And when it does, then you got to improvise and figure out how you're going to retire, how you're going to pay for health care. There's a lot of things to fix in this country. And I believe that they will be fixed. And I believe that it's starting right now. Anyway, you have a good weekend. And I'll see you again very soon on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.